0: All right, we got here. Kevin Juza, founder of the Tenacious Leader. He was an introduction from one of our business coaches, Keegan. H- How did you guys connect, by the way?
1: We met through I, I well about six months ago. I started this world of connections, and and it, it's elevated, I believe, relationship than networking. You know, it's like just getting to know people, and then if business or referrals come out of it, great. But if not, you know, you just kind of just get to meet more people throughout the you know using the internet stuff. And, sure. uh, and I ran across Keegan. And it was like my fifth level of my getting into it. It's like my fifth level connection was with him. He's a great guy.
0: What, what, so talk about, so let's dissect that world of connections. Like tell, tell us one a little bit about your, we'll go into your story and where we want to walk through kind of where you've been and where you're at now. But you say world of connections. Like when did you make a decision of saying, Hey, I want to, I want to dive deeper into connecting. What did that look like initially? And how's that evolved?
1: Well, I was working with a coach and he, she was helping me. Kind of revamp, kind of where I was going to at the time. Her her fiance and he's a he was a known as a deep connector, and I was like, "Well, what's a deep connector?" Well, you'll see. And so I met with him. His name is John Hoya, and he was awesome. He just kind of like, "Well, I got these three people that you could work with," and I was like, "Okay, sure." And then from there, just kept going and going. And then I started referring people, and then people started referring back to me. And it it isn't about business; it's truly about connections and finding people. The same with you. I work with a lot of founders that are ready to scale their business. And they, they end up going out there and hiring a, a somebody too senior for what they really are trying to do, which is scale and build a business. And so I, I helped them establish that. And so from that world of connection, just started working. I, I work a lot with people in the East Coast, and I'm in San Diego. So I get to wake up early, but but I get done early too.
0: Awesome. So, so let's let's rewind. Tell us a little bit more about your story. How you got into the world of business and entrepreneurship, and then where you're at today, and what your business does.
1: Sure. Well, previously I worked for H and R Block when I was right out of college for 15 years. I r- rose to the leadership in the field, managing you know five states, five thousand employees. It's a really great opportunity. Learned a lot. Then we moved back to California. My wife is originally from here, and I got a job with another in, another company and. And I thought it was a career and they decided it was a six month project. So, (laughs) so from being, I I had money in the bank, saved up for my careers. And, and, and I said, I'm going to start betting on myself. And so I opened up a franchise, ran that for seven years. And then the great recession happened and I had to go, go back into the world of corporate world. And I was kind of like at the bottom, I had to work my way back up there, worked in phone centers and you know, that sweat box, you know, making 400 dials a day. And, you know, it was crazy. I was like, this is not how how I'm supposed to be. I'm 40 some years old with kids and why I got to be doing something more. So it kind of just evolved. And I started getting into inside sales still for, but, but for tele technology companies. And then I started getting really good at managing the groups that actually, you know, connect corporate business to business and really started, you know, learning how to speak to connections with people who are in the corporate world. And then when 2019 happened, we say it's, I was pre-COVID impacted and I I connected with a friend of mine who was consulting. And then from since then, I've been working projects with him or on my own since
2: then. Wow. Okay, cool. So what does, so what do those projects look like? What does your business look like today? What do you find yourself, you know, doing the most of? So I had
1: finding more and more work, trying to find through the, get to the founders to trust me. And so finding people who know, people who are in the SaaS business, they have ideas. They're, they're technical people. They're very smart. But that doesn't mean they know how to, to chat it up and be a salesperson.
2: You said SaaS. What does SaaS stand for?
1: Software as a service. Gotcha. Basically, everything has gone that way. When I worked at Teradata, they started selling the big server machines, you know, the size of refrigerators. And then by the time I left, they were doing everything by subscription. And now they're even further along that path. So basically, it's software as a service for organizations to do multiple different things from marketing data analyzing to working with our calamp which had the, the the basically the pieces that go on your car so people can track where you're going like where the insurance company says you're you're a good driver that technology and right. that's now like as a service too it's so it's like all these different things that are we used to be things you've you bought and owned now you just rent
0: and so so yeah let's 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 go a little bit deeper into that because SaaS is a is a hot topic nowadays, right? Everyone wants to start a SaaS company. There's there's no code SaaS now. There's there's coded SaaS. From my experience, what I've a lot of my friends that are starting SaaS companies, there's an initial phase of like you're just burning through money trying to get this product evolved, right? How do you go from shrinking that time frame to actually achieving profitability? What does that time frame actually look like? Tell us about the foundation of starting a SaaS company and then where you come in to really help scale.
1: So you're you're right. See the, the SaaS companies, software as a service. People like the monthly reoccurring revenue. That's that's the fundamental pricing that makes them more valuable. So the more monthly reoccurring, when you have assets selling, they're like you gonna sell like three times. But when you're a mm. SaaS and you have monthly reoccurring, it's almost like eight to ten times the valuation of your organization. That's why a lot of people are going towards that type of an organization. So when a st- when a person creates the SaaS software and the business model and they start selling it. They end up being the number one person. They have the passion for it. They know the product, They know the customer, and they usually know their people that they're selling to. So it's easy for them to get the early wins, and then they get the funding. And that big funding comes—five, ten million dollars, whatever the funding is—they got. They have they, the developers are all paid off, and now they got to start building a business. But the but the person doesn't want to let go. They don't want to they don't trust anybody coming in that they can do the job that they've been doing to get them to this point. So what they do is they go out there and the biggest mistake is they find somebody with the Rolodex for that industry or that niche of their business thinking they're going to open their Rolodex just like I did to start my business. And they're not because they don't trust the business. They don't know the business. They don't believe in it yet. So it takes about a year or two actually before they really open their Rolodex up unless they got a huge equity piece of the business. And so what I tell the founder, the people to do is really start from a ground up, build your build your sales team like you would build your product, go bring in people that you can train, work with, trust, and they start doing the rigor of building their their awareness within the niche, within the target marketing person they work with. So when I come in, instead of bringing that that full-time CRO person or chief revenue, vice president or salesperson, I come in more fractionally. I work, Mm. you know, 10 hours a week for them and it's more affordable for them. But I spend 10 hours working with their salespeople, giving them love, giving them attention, listening to their phone calls, watching their emails, making sure the daily rigor is getting done and they actually feel success. Salespeople need to feel love and feel success. When you're a C, when you're the, CEO or founder of a SaaS company, you're so big in the weeds and selling the product or turning the what they sold into something for the customers that they don't spend that time working and loving the salespeople. So I kind of give them that, that opportunity to actually start building. And then within nine months, you could have three to five people on your sales team that now if you brought in a vice president of sales or somebody with a senior level title in an or, in an industry, you're able
2: to then really leverage that person's impact. That's awesome. What what does your day to day look like? What does your day to day, you know, currently typically look like with these relationships? D- data
1: for I got I got to do my own prospecting every day. You know, I've got to put the time in to build out connections, attending webinars, le- networking events, trying to connect to this the senior level people within or the founders of the COO of the uh, of these startups. Um, I'm also then I work, I, I block out my schedule. So I'm giving the the time for each person of the, of those teams, a couple companies I work with. I have them all my calendars that I'm meeting with them every day, kind of a coaching session every, every week, once or twice. And there's typically per team. I will have a weekly team meeting to review their results, to show where they're doing well and really hold them accountable with what they say they're going to do and help them stay on track.
0: What part of the process do you come in? Is this after funding? Because I'm assuming that it in, I don't know much about SaaS when it comes to like inception to, you know, actually selling the product, but it sounds like there's like this initial phase of, like we're talking about, you're burning a lot of capital, going through like a lot of R and D, getting the actual software, you're working with the developers, you get in the product and then do you start to build the infrastructure for the business? And that's where you come in to really help kind of speed that up with building out the sales team and all that.
1: It's called scaling up. How do you scale up to get to the revenue, the expected revenue you want to get to? You project it out in five years. I should be at this much revenue. Well, it goes all the way back down to how many people are you emailing and calling a day? You know, how many connections are you making each day? So in five years, you're where you want to be. And and they're typical a lot of times they just focus off the. We just got to find that one million dollar client and we'll be fine, you know. But it's really it's those little it's those little things. A salesperson I used to work with says. You got to eat a lot of rabbits before you kill the elephant, and so you got to oh, get yeah. the wins with the little rabbits of, of hunting and gathering, getting them, and then one day you'll find that elephant and you'll you'll take it down, and then you really elevate the group.
0: Do you specialize in working with more SaaS companies that work B two B or B two C? More B two B, more B two B.
1: It's corporate to corporate, and kind of really that's where the hard part of of the outreach and the rigor it takes to really connect with people is you got to get through all the noise. You know, there's so many, especially with AI and all these other kind of automation tools that are out there. It really, you know, it, it makes the people just more lurry to talk to you because they think it's another scam or another waste of time.
0: Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Th- that's one of my questions. And and, Len, I see you have a question, so I'm I'm going to ask this one real quick and then please take it away. Where do you see AI being implemented into the world of SaaS? Because it, it seems like it's starting to get implemented relatively rapidly and, you know, saving a lot of people time on the the actual, you know, software setup and people actually leveraging AI as a SaaS itself. Like where where are you starting to see that shift in the uh, in the industry?
1: I see a lot of companies trying to use it as their their accelerator. I see AI as more of an accelerator where as a, as when I start helping creating the cadences or the emails or stuff like that, I you can go to ChatGPT and just say five email sequence for touching vice presidents of sales for this and then all of a sudden it, it writes That's it out crazy. there for you and then the smart sales people they take it and then they digest it and they make it more personalized right if if it's the weak salesperson the lazy salesperson they'll say all right i'm done copy paste email one copy paste email two right. and then you then you get emails that are not really
2: they're just off just a little bit, but just off enough. So, you know, it's not a person really trying to get a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. What does your business look like, you know, today, where has it been, you know, over the last year change? And then where do you see it going? What's the vision? Well, I, when I, I was telling you, I worked with a senior consultant before he ended up
1: going in corporate wise. And I didn't know that enough time to start building my business. So back in October, I had to really start, Rebuilding my own pipeline for my company, the Tenacious Leader, and so I'm right now. I had I have about three customers recurring right now. My bandwidth is about five or six, to where I'm not. Then at that point, my goal is to then expand to bring in other consultants, s- coaches that can also help me expand to get to the next level. Because I believe what I bring to the marketplace is truly that hands-on sales management person that can sure. come into a company like a Swiss army knife, but focused on, you know, connecting with salespeople.
2: How important is it? Cause we have a lot of listeners that are kind of in that same, I would say stage of their business, right? How important is it to, as your revenue grows to make sure you're kind of scaling within as well? Like what is that? What's your kind of your philosophy on that? As you continue to grow revenue and grow a client base, how do you decide who the right people to put in the seats are as you, as you, as you grow? Well, I've taken
1: from my own past experience, whenever I had a team, I always was hired. I was always putting people on a bench. Every good leader, every good small business should have a bench of people they would love to bring on when they're ready. That way you're testing them over a six month, year period of time, reading their posts, seeing what they do on LinkedIn, whatever it is, and seeing, is this person really aligned? Are they, are they just selling you them? So they, cause they need a job. Or do they want to be part of something to help you get going and so I really interview people for four to six months um, not in an official format but really in a in a, in a point that I'm always saying could this per- could I work with this person are they how do they respond to me when I ask them a question or do they respond you know five days later or or you no know, instantly you know kind of really there then I'm early on I'm learning their personalities on if they would be able to service my customers as well as I service my customers
0: Sure. And so how do you intend to achieve scalability inside of your own company, right? So like from what you're saying, it sounds very hands on to where they're right at this point, there might not be, you know, super scalability, but where do you want to see that go as you continue to make, you know, a a more efficient lead generation machine hire on consultants? Like what's the strategy there long term?
1: Well, the key for me is right now is documenting all my processes. So it's easier for people when I bring them on, they see this is what success- you were successful in selling this or doing that. You were successful being the chief revenue officer, but now you have to be a consultant as a chief revenue officer. It's a different scale set. It, it's it isn't sometimes you have to roll your sleeves up and do it yourself, but sometimes you got to sit back and educate and teach the, the senior people in that niche that that's that, that SaaS company to learn to grow. And so it's really leveraging all that. So right now I'm at the stage to make sure that when I do start expanding, I have the structures in place that they they know what to do and how to do it.
2: What are some, you know, mistakes that you've made that if you could go back to yourself in October of last year, when you started everything that you wouldn't want to repeat or things that you've learned from, I guess, from, from that kind of initial startup piece in October to, to now, how much more time do we have here?
1: <laughs> one great thing about one thing about business is you got to you got to fail or else you're not doing anything right so i yeah. made plenty of, of mistakes of hiring a, a service to kind of help me do multiple expanding expanding my email campaigns and then it ended up being just a rabbit hole felt like i was just supporting all their vendors you know what I, was? Okay. Like, <laughs> I was like how do i get into this i, I wasted right. tons of th- five thousand plus in that process thinking i'm gonna create this this reoccurring monthly marketing engine, but it really didn't fit. That was a big mistake I made. Another one was it, people told me a lot about documenting, but I was like, I, I just, I'm, I'm in the fire. You know, I want to just do it, but I have some, you have to take that time back and really build and say, this is my, this is my talk track. Is this working? If it's not working, why not? You know, and you're really pushing yourself. I always found myself previously being able to just build that connection and and but i want to sell them i want to give them the answer instead of sitting back and really helping the customer set in their pain point to really know what they say go digging for that goal digging to see what is truly the issue people sometimes say i want to lose weight is it really want to lose weight or you just want to be healthy Mm. you know what 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 is it so you the first the first thing they say they want is not always what they need and sometimes as a I guess I want to close. I just have to sit back and really take my time to really know if this person's ready or not.
0: Sure. So, so what does Kevin want outside of just the business? What actually drives you, and what's the next five, ten years look like for you if everything goes ideal?
1: I see myself someday on a big stage, you know, talking with you know, thousand people or more, you know, and just sharing the the love of being a tenacious leader, someone who actually never gives up. You know, I I love that word tenacity because we use it a lot to describe something when it's achieved and i'm trying to bring it forward to make it the verb that actually makes you successful and so finding ways to help people be a tenacious leader in helping others being that servant leader but also never giving up on themselves
0: sure and so with that that word tenacity also if you couple it with our word consistency you know now now you have this consistent superpower. tenacious model of just like every day just just getting after it what does that word mean to you? You know, this, this podcast is called the Consistency Wins Podcast. So as we near the wrap-up point, we always like to ask our guests, what does consistency mean to you and how does that show up in your life?
1: Well, consistency is just that when they when they get out of bed, how are you each day? When I work with clients one-on-one, it's like, man, my, my week was all like a roller coaster. And I'm like, okay, that's not good. You know, <laughs> highs and lows aren't good. Being consistent in a a level market in the right direction, that's where you want to be at. And so helping them, a lot of things I tell them to do is start journaling. Start putting down where they're at and where they want to go each day because they can really see their highs and lows and where they can manage them better. Being consistent is, is all the, I call it putting the rigor in place. You know, when a salesperson has to do that daily rigor, if they don't make the 40 phone calls and connect to five people and send 40 emails and make, you know, a, a calendar for tomorrow, if they don't do that every day, that rigor, that consistency, they'll never make it to where their goal is.
2: not They're not going to see that compound effect, right? It's there you go. Gonna, they're yep. going to have a flash in the pan and it's going to go away, right? Yes. Well, Kevin, Kevin, this has been awesome. We really appreciate you coming on. I know our listeners are going to extract a ton of value out of this conversation. We're going to be sure to put any links in the description on ways that we can connect with you. How can we follow you? How can we connect with you if you'd like to put that on the show as well? Sure. Yeah. My website's The Tenacious Leader. There's a great connections tab
1: there. You can always send me information there and get on my calendar. Kevin at The Tenacious Leaders is my email. And then also August 2nd, I'm doing a SaaS Founders, SaaS sales conversation with people to help them understand what they did wrong or what they can do to scale their sales team.
0: So awesome. they
1: love to find me on LinkedIn. All my contact information is there.
0: We will include everything in that bio below. And Kevin, thanks again, man. It's really good to have you in our network.
1: It's been awesome. Glad to look forward to working with you guys more.